We're also really excited to share three amazing, amazing people who are going to share their heart tonight. Um, and before I bring the first one out, I just want to remind you that if you have a slip for a candy gram, we'll be collecting that with the money after the first speaker, okay? So the first person we want to bring up is a sister with, who's gorgeous inside and out. She has a heart that's so big. It's bigger than the size of Texas. And she just, not only does she have a creative expression, but the way she's authentic and the way she shows up in life, um, not only for God, but for the people that God's put in our life, is just so amazing. So will you guys join me in welcoming Favor up to the stage? I got papers. Good evening, everybody. Thank you. Just everything's a song, right? Up a little bit. Before I start, I would like to pray. Will you guys join me in prayer? <sighs> Dear God, Jesus, Holy Spirit, Papa, I'm so, so thankful that I don't have to do any of this alone, that it's going to be you. And I just rely on the love that you have for me and for everyone here tonight. In Jesus' name, Lord, you made the feast. I'm just stirring the pot with you, God. And so I just ask, Lord, that you take control and anything that needs to be deleted, go ahead and delete it. And anything that needs to be said, Lord, please add it. Minister to us all. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So um, I was asking God, God, what, what is it that we want to speak about? What is it that you want to talk about? And um, he kept on playing this song. Um, I am yours and you are mine. This is what you had in mind the whole time. He kept on playing that, and I still was like, God, what is it that you want to speak about? And then he kept on playing the song, like, I am yours and you are mine. This is what you had in mind the whole time. I'm like, okay. And then he said, intimacy. So tonight's message is going to be about intimacy. And intimacy is one of those buzzwords that everyone thinks they know because everyone throws it around. If you're spiritual, you know the word intimacy. Like, oh, this is such an intimate setting. And oh, we need to grow in our intimacy with the Lord. And all these things. It's so much of a buzzword that people kind of don't ask about it. Like, what does it really mean? I, I guess I should know, right? Um, but God is speaking intimacy tonight. And the scripture he led me to, and you can feel free to turn with it. I'm old school right now. I don't have any slides or anything like that, is John 15, 9 through 10. John 15, 9 through 10, and I'm reading it out of the Message Bible because the Message Bible is fire. I love it. <laughs> I do. <laughs> um, it reads, Jesus is saying, he's speaking, he says, I've loved you the way my father has loved me. Make yourself at home in my love. If you keep my commands, you remain intimately at home in my love. That's what I've done. I've kept my father's commands and made myself at home in his love. See, there's a lot of false ideas of what intimacy is. Of course, people don't know, and if you don't know, 
you try, kind of try to imitate, you know, what you think you see, right? People, you know, society may think that intimacy is sex or society may think that intimacy is being in a really close room, close room with like nine other people and it's only eight by 10 or, you know, society may think it's one thing. It's like the word anointing where, you know, people in the church don't know. It's like, oh, the anointing, the anointing. But what is the anointing? Intimacy is being one with Jesus. God, the father is Jesus is one with God. And so, um. There's a scripture in the Bible that says the children of Israel knew God's acts, but Moses knew his ways. And unless God breathes his revelation, we're only going to have a faint idea of what intimacy is. So I asked him straight up, Lord, what does it mean to be made intimately at home in your love, God? And so he Mr. miyagi me and just took me on a journey. He took me through a journey to, to show me rather than tell me. I'm like, just let me know. And he's like, come, let me show you my daughter. Um, I learned, <laughs> I learned four important keys and we're going to keep on going back to that scripture. Intimacy is quintessentially couched in love. That's the first thing I learned growing this week. He said, I've loved you the way my father has loved me. Make yourself at home in my love. When we make ourselves at home somewhere, there's a comfort there. There's a freedom there. There's a, there's a letting go. There's a not non-uptightness. I made that word up. There's a non-uptightness that's there when you make yourself at home somewhere. And so Jesus is saying, make yourself at home in my love. He's created space for us to make ourselves at home in his love. And you know, what, what really gets me is that intimacy is not devoid of choice. So he's, he's, he's allowing us, you make yourself at home. He's not saying I'm going to force you. And I, I think about how the all powerful God of the universe who created every single blade of grass that is not the same. You don't know two blades of grass are the same. Every single blade of grass has given us a choice. It's not forced because see intimacy that's forced is just assault. But he doesn't assault us. He doesn't force us. He doesn't make us feel obligated. And, and, and there's a difference between obligatory relationship and intimate relationship. See, the obligatory relationship says, I have to. I have to go to work because I have to feed my kids because I have to do this because I have to do that. And I guess I have to go to bed now because I have to, have to, have to. Whereas... Intimate relationship says I choose to. See, in intimacy, there are two powerful people that show up, both with the Lord and with, with, with other, each other. There are two powerful people that show up. Now, let me be clear. I'm not saying that, oh, I'm just the bomb.com slash great and blah, blah, blah. The Lord, though, never makes us feel subservient. Imagine this. Imagine a daddy um, who's playing basketball with their little kid, right? And the hoop's all the way up here and the little kid's all the way down there. And he's playing basketball with a kid. And imagine if he says, oh, you're not that great at dribbling, you know. Um, you're, not really, you're not really hitting. The, yeah, you're, you double dribble. Travel on a little kid. Imagine a daddy doing that. That's not the way how God is, but that's how the way sometimes the church or society has taught 
us to think God is, but he's not like that. He is the daddy that picks us up and we're double, tripling, quadruple, dribbling, dropping the ball and throwing it off the court. He's picking it back up, putting it in our hands, taking us all the way to the basketball. Oh, look what you did. Look what you did. Yay. And you're like, you know, you know, when you grow up, you're like, oh, you kind of did all the work there. But, you know, he's celebrating us. He's giving us that ball and he's helping us to feel powerful like we mean something, like we're of value. And so in intimacy, it's not devoid of choice, right? Intimacy, we're also fully known. I got this wonderful, um, I, I was listening to Susan and she gave this wonderful explanation of who Jehovah Shammah is. She said, Jehovah Shammah is the God who sees us and knows us with undivided attention. Let me say that one more time. The God who sees us and knows us with undivided attention. He locks eyes with us. Like, think about Jesus. Jesus got baptized. Um, like, a couple of us are going to get baptized on the um, 31st. Got baptized, and he came up out of the water, and God said with a loud, booming voice, this is my son with whom I am well pleased. And I tell you guys today, he's saying, this is my son. This is my daughter with whom I am well pleased. He's speaking to us in that way. And um, there, there's a lot, I think a lot of times there's a misunderstanding of what it means to know somebody in this day and age, right? So it's like, you know, we, we follow somebody on Twitter and we're like, oh, I know her. I know him. We have a Facebook relationship. We see them post one thing, like one thing on their Facebook. I know them. We're friends. We're homies. I want to tell you guys a story. Um, one time... One time I had this long dream, I had this dream and in the dream there was some actress on TV that was on it and um, we were having this conversation like as if we knew each other, right? It was like such a deep conversation and by the end of the dream I woke up and I'm like, okay, well, Lord, I, I don't know what that dream meant, but I felt it was significant, right? And so um, fast forward three, about three years later on, I met the lady in person. And it was like, and it was something that only God could do, right? It was like he put all, all the pins together and just set everything up. And it was something that only he can do. Now, I can say that I was following on her on Twitter before that and Instagram because I'm trying to figure out why is it that God has placed this person in my dream. But until we met in person, I cannot say that I knew her, right? And I feel like in intimacy... There's a t place and a time where God comes face to face with us and we encounter him in such a real way that we're never changed. We're never the same. We're, we're changed here on out. Right. And so a, a lot of times, just like the song from earlier said, more than words, more than good ideas. I found your love in an open field. See, he makes himself available to us in those times where we are weeping, in those times where life is the hardest, in those times where we're, we're crying, or even in the happy times. He makes himself available to us. And then we get to encounter him in a way that we're never the same. That way, when we're talking to people, we're talking to people about somebody we know when we present God to them, right? Oh, and it's okay to talk back to me. Please talk back to me. Please. Amen. Thank you. <laughs> Let me, yes. Um, uh, thank you. <laughs> talk back. Yes. So um, in intimacy, another thing I learned, in intimacy, he reveals deep parts of himself in different ways, right? So 
I was talking to him this week because the Lord was putting me through a reconciliation process that he was kind of dragging me through because I didn't want to do it. But then I know I was like, your ways are perfect, God. So let's go. And he was he, he was bringing me through. It, and there was a certain point in time where I was like, OK, it's time to meet up with this person. Lord, what is coming out of this? Like, I was just really vulnerable. Like, what is it that you would like to say? Where, where is it that we're going? And then a song came on my radio or on my iPad, whatever. And it was you delight in showing mercy because mercy triumphs over judgment. And this whole song plays. And he said to me, favor, I delight in showing mercy because mercy triumphs over judgment. Sometimes you're going to learn mercy favor from the mercy I extend to you. Other times you're going to learn mercy from extending mercy yourself. And so in that way, he revealed this deep part of himself that is mercy because it's like I had to give it. And so in me giving it, I learned a bit of his mercy. I learned a little bit more of his character. And in turn, I was able to learn a little bit more of who I am because we're made in the image and likeness of God. See, we learn him, then we learn, we learn us in turn. And so it was just a wonderful experience because he'll do that. He'll do it in multiple ways. And I also learned that in intimacy with the Lord, nothing about him is hush-hush, right? And so here's what I mean about that. You know, when you tell somebody a secret or some kind of quirk about yourself, you kind of are like, well, keep it on the low, though, because I'm only telling you. You know what I mean? I feel like God, I've learned that God loves for us to tell other people about the different facets of who he is. Like they're different parts. Did you know God had a sense of humor? He really does. They, they, you know, there, there are parts where he has a sense of humor. There are parts where he reveals himself so tenderly as Papa that other people do not know. And he loves that. He's not like, oh, just keep that on the low, please. No, he's like, go ahead and share that because somebody else will connect to that facet of who God is. Um, so he actually wants people to know what he's like, right? And so now... In light of all of that, I'm going to say, go do it then. Go be intimate then, right? Go do it. Right. <laughs> right. I was like, the, the, the last part of the scripture um, where it says, let me, let, me, let me read it real quick. Come on, paper. The last part of the scripture says, I've kept... Um, if you keep my commandments, you remain intimately at home in my love. If you keep my commandments. A lot of times I've heard that taken into the context of all you have to do is keep his commandments and then you go, you, you better do this. It's like, do this, do this, do this. But what it is, is that our making ourselves, us making ourselves at home in his love motivates me to keep those commandments. See, I won't want to, I would want to get closer and closer in my making him, myself at home in his love. That, that like motivates me, you know, to, to, to go different places. It's not that he's yelling at us and saying, you better keep my commandments so I could make this home for you. I'll unlock the door to this home in my love. He's inviting us into his love and in him inviting us into that love we are able and willing and happy to keep those commandments and, and um see it's his love that motivates us not the commandments that motivate us does that make sense because we're going to keep them but it's what, what's your motivation is it fear is it me beating you down is it me feeling guilty or is it him calling you deeper and deeper into love that motivates us to keep those commandments 
So, you know, I'm really, he's really been impressing upon my heart. How can I tell, how can I tell the world? How can I tell other people? How can I tell my friends and loved ones about a person that I don't know? Not me, but you know, in general, I see that a lot. And he's really been impressing upon my heart that he wants to know us and get so much more intimately in us. He's prepared the place too. And it's him that's doing the drawing. It's him that's doing the um, opening up of the house. It's him that's preparing the place. And he's just calling us to walk in, right? So with that being said, um, I just want to pray. I just want to pray for you all. Um, You can stand or sit if you'd like. What should we sit? Yeah, let's go ahead and stand, if, we, if you will. That we, I'm not preaching at you and not in, including myself, that we will be in a place where he exposes us to his intimacy more and more. Dear God, we want to know you more. We want to know you more and not just so we can be filled with head knowledge, God, but so that we can show you to other people, so that we can reflect your goodness. We want to know you more, God, because you're so good and so wonderful, and you've done so much for us, God, and you love us so much that you called us into yourself as you were in the Father. So, Lord, we accept that invitation, God, to be closer and closer to you, not for bragging rights, because we don't really want that. We want to know your love. We want to know what makes you tick, God. We want to know who you are, God, because you've endeavored to know all about us and love us deeply anyway. And so we receive, Lord God, your love. I speak encounters right now in the name of Jesus, intimate encounters right now in the name of Jesus from this week on, that it would go deeper and deeper, just like Ezekiel, where the further they got from the church building, the water rose and rose and rose. God, we we just speak that right now in the name of Jesus, that the further we go from this day, from this building in our daily lives, that the water of your spirit continues to rise in the name of Jesus. We want to see you, God. We want to know you. We want to see you and we want to know you. In your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. And thank you. Okay. And now, if you have your candy grams, please look at the people who have the lovely, beautiful baskets and go ahead and turn those in. God is so awesome, right? He's so awesome. It's so cool. And he's okay with me calling him cool. (laughs) And now I'm going to introduce the next speaker. So the next speaker is a sister after God's own heart. She's after God's own heart. When she opens up her mouth and speaks and sings. There's such a sweet and comforting presence that's on it. And also, she's really, really funny. Like, if you get a conversation with this next sister, she's hilarious. I, I love talking to her. She's one, of, she's one of my really good sister friends. Let's welcome Domily to the stage. You want me to sing your song? Yes. 
Thank you, favor, fabulous favor. Yeah, thank you. I wasn't able to print my uh, notes. So here we are. Thank you, Lord, for all that you've done already, especially tonight. And I just ask you to come and speak this word that you've put on my heart. I would love to do it justice. So I just thank you for the anointing upon my tongue. And I just am so grateful to be your vessel. The Holy Spirit, thank you, in Jesus' name. <clears throat> so, tonight, the topic that's been on my heart, it's actually been on my heart for years, and the Lord has been speaking to me about it on an incremental basis, and um, kind of showing me layer upon layer, and the topic is unity in the body of Christ. And I've been here for a while, blazing fire. It's going on my 13th year. <laughs> and if someone would have prophesied 13 years ago that I would be speaking on this topic, I'd be like, flesh, or you probably didn't graduate from the School of Prophets. Um, I'm kidding, but I just, I think it's funny just that I'm getting text messages. Um, <laughs> I, I just think it's ironic that um, God is using me to bring this topic. So, um, but I suppose what might qualify me is to share um, what. I have experienced as far as disunity and not to go into my sob stories, but to simply share a bit about what God has shown me each time um, I might have, each time I failed. First of all, unity is a huge topic. I've realized, um, I've realized the more I've dug into this subject um, that um, it's just a huge topic. So I'm just going to jump right in and read also from the message. First um, Corinthians, most of chapter 12. God's various gifts are handed out everywhere, but they all originate in God's spirit. God's various ministries are carried out everywhere, but they all originate in God's spirit. God's various expressions of power are in action everywhere, but God himself is behind it all. Each person is given something to do that shows who God is. Everyone gets in on it. Everyone benefits. All kinds of things are handed out by the spirit and to all kinds of people. The variety is wonderful. 
So we all have something that God has put inside of us. Continuing on, um, verse 12, you can easily... You can easily enough see how this kind of thing works by looking no further than your own body. Your body has many parts, limbs, organs, cells, but no matter how many parts you can name, you're still one body. It's exactly the same with Christ. By means of his one spirit, we all said goodbye to our partial and piecemeal lives. We each used to independently independently call our own shots but then we entered into a large and integrated life in which he has the final say in everything this is what we proclaimed in word and action when we were baptized each of us is now a part of his resurrection body refreshed and sustained at one fountain his spirit where we all come to drink. The old labels we once used to identify ourselves, labels like Jew or Greek, slave or free, the Passion Translation says oppressed or free. We, um, I think that's cool that even the oppressed ones, they are significant. And, and so we don't need to identify with those labels. Excuse me. We need something larger, more comprehensive. <clears throat> I'm going to skip because it's becoming longer than I realized. But getting to the meat of it, the way God designed our bodies is a model for understanding our lives together as a church. Every part dependent on every other part. The parts we mention and the parts we don't. The parts we see and the parts we don't. If one part hurts, every other part is involved in the hurt and in the healing. And if one part flourishes, every other part enters into the exuberance. You are Christ's body. That's who you are. You must never forget this. Only as you accept your part of that body does your part mean anything. You're familiar with some of the parts that God has formed in his church, which is his body. And then there's a list, but um, I'll stop there. So recognizing our uniqueness is huge, as well as recognizing the uniqueness of others, because we are all significant. Every part, every member, is not is um, not only significant but unique. No thumbprint of any one past, present, or future is the same, dead or alive. And we're all wired differently. We all have had different life experiences. There are innumerable ways about us that make us unique and like no other. So we all have a certain way of seeing things, and we are constantly changing, growing, and developing. So <clears throat> the other point I want to make about our uniqueness, um, it's so important to focus on how Holy Spirit moves through us. And one way that comes is through intimacy, like favor shared. 
we can discover how he's wired us and how he moves through us. That will only come with spending time with him. <clears throat> and then the other point is because we're a body, it's healthy to bless other parts, other members, other cultures, other denominations. Um, <laughs> no one's ever said that to me before. <laughs> We're, um, the most life-giving thing we can do for ourselves and the body is to focus on what Holy Spirit has given us to do. So just like what I read in um, the message, the Holy Spirit is the one who's divvied up, who should, ha- who should have what. We've all got something. And once we discover, okay, what has Holy Spirit given me, what tends to happen is we're, we're operating in the Holy Spirit, we're being ourselves, we're being who he created us to be then we don't really have time to criticize how others are doing things or viewing things. We spend a lot of time trying to show people how to drive their cars or their vehicles, use their platforms instead of focusing on what we're supposed to be doing. It kind of reminds me of when um, I was in high school. I had my favorite teacher, Mr. McKenzie, and... um, he shared with the class one day that he was Scottish and that he wore a kilt. And then after he shared that, he heard a lot of snickers. Like, hee hee hee, a man wearing a skirt kind of thing. And then he said something that struck me to the core. It's like, usually the people who make fun of other cultures are the ones that don't have one of their own. So, (laughs) ever since then, I made a decision in my heart to always respect another culture, whether I understood it or not. And so I want to apply that same principle to church cultures. You know, people who criticize other ministers do so because they don't have a ministry of their own. So what is your ministry? What are your gifts? What if we just keep, what if we just focused on that. Um, (laughs) um, Another, this came up a lot for me um, during election time. And um, I think just what happens when we don't understand people's views or opinions, it develops fear. And, um, And it's possible that God could call one person to pray for one presidential candidate, and then God could call another person to pray for the other presidential candidate. But which one is correct? You know, um, if if it was before the, if before we knew who it was, I'd say, who's right? What if they're both right? So, what is God leading you to do? Um, but because God gave, made us so unique, we all have different convictions. We all have different sensitivities to law and order and justice. We all have different love languages. 
and uh, many conflicts can be resolved by just taking the time to see how God created them, others, and observing what the other is seeing from their perspective. And usually it's just a moment of, or just a matter of just asking the Lord, you know, what is that person's perspective? You know, why are they seeing it like that? And I, I guarantee he will quickly show us. Like, for example, a lot of times this is the situation. One person's on one side and they're seeing something and it's correct. While the other side, the other person is looking from a different perspective and they're also right. And so we'll end up um, in this place where there's conflict but all, all it takes is for you to be like, okay, wait, 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 okay. How are you see? Oh, okay. I see what you see now. And um, here's another one for you. So let me ask you guys a question. Is this a dog or a cat? <laughs> How many people think it's a dog? How many people think it's a cat? (laughs) To be honest, I have no idea. (laughs) I'm I'm leaning towards cat because it creeps me out. I'm, I'm not a cat person. But then again, it could have been photoshopped. You don't know. I found it on the internet. Who knows? <laughs> oh, uh-uh. Especially not yours. <laughs> um, so the Lord, I don't know how I am with time. I'm bad with time. Um, the Lord years ago began to speak to me about different denominations. Every denomination that believes in Jesus has some measure of Holy Spirit because the body is the temple of Holy Spirit. I grew up Baptist, and I found myself, in not realizing it, that I became very judgmental and suspicious of other denominations. And so God's brought me through a journey of really being able to embrace, embrace other de- denominations. Um, he took me a, to a school of learning. Um, it's like, that's what I call it. Um, Pastor Brent in- introduced me to San Damiano, and I went there one time to just get, spend two days to get uh, alone with the Lord because I was desperate to spend time with him. So I went. To, it's a Catholic monastery. And I remember when I called to make the reservation, they were like, would you like guidance? And I was like, no. <laughs> you keep your spiritual things, you know, um, with you. You know, I separated myself from what they were offering. You know what I'm trying to say. Um, I didn't want what they had. I was like, you know, I go to Blazing Fire and we got all the spiritual things going on and so I'm good. 
So I went to, um, went there, it was a private retreat. Um, meals are included, so I remember I went to lunch and it was a, clear that day, hardly anyone was seated. And I noticed that they had a little nameplate at the, one of the tables. I was like, oh, how nice, wow, I feel very welcome here. And then I noticed there was another nameplate like right next to mine, another place setting. And I'm thinking, this whole place is empty. Why did they put some person right next to me? And he turned out to be a young man. And um, no, not that young, Todd. I heard that. I'm easily distracted. Um, he turned out to be a gentleman, and he was like, hey. And I was like, hi. I didn't feel like getting into conversation, and I was, like, grumbling under my breath, like, Lord. Um, but, you know, he was being friendly. Next time, anyway, this, this was over a couple of days of him sitting next to me during the lunch mealtimes. And by the end of it, I got to know him, and especially when he shared with me that he wanted to become a priest, and I judged him. I was like, if only he knew he does not have to do all that. You know, he does not have to become a priest and give up, you know, being married and, and all this stuff. But by the end of our conversation, I was taken aback because I was like, wow. This man is a man of God. I was like, this guy has something that I need. And it really impacted me that day. And I've always, since then, have had a different view of other denominations and their value to the body of Christ. Because God has called him to do that. And I, I've learned to respect that. So, um... So going back, well, let me try to close this thing. Um, recognizing and valuing other parts of the body is huge, and respecting those parts that don't operate the way um, we do. We are all on different growth journeys and different timelines, so we could easily expect someone to be where we are or to be where, beyond where they are. And, um, and unfortunately, I think when we've become this body that has turned against itself, it's like an autoimmune disease. And refusing to associate or be around another, and it's usually the root is fear. And so I was thinking about this, especially I was, as I was... Um, preparing this message and I, um, I was thinking about what that might look like, like if our parts were refusing to work together and, you know, move forward together. And I was like, well, what if there was like something in my eye, but my hand was like, I don't want to have anything to do with that eye. And so you end up like this. 
all the time? And what if you had like an itch on your head and your head was like, I don't want that hand to touch me. And so you end up like this. And then your feet don't want to walk together. So you end up like this all the time. <laughs> you know? And I know I look silly, but I was, it made me wonder. I was like, do we look like this to Jesus? <laughs> And so I, I just realizing more how huge it is for us to learn to understand the other, see from the other person's perspective, and be willing to work together. Um, so how do we make ourselves ready for, for the Lord? Um, of course, with anybody, health and wellness. And... So the things that came to mind for me was intimacy, knowing how um, Holy Spirit has touches you, has, has wired you, what gifts he's given you, and um, preferring one another, humility. Um, the healthiest thing we can be doing is staying away from toxins. Sometimes we need a good cleanse, you know, toxic thoughts and actions towards the body. What words we use when others are present and being and doing what Holy Spirit has called us to do. And only intimacy with Holy Spirit can give us that. Um. Shoot, I had another thought. And love the first and second commandment, our bodies have needs. Without love, babies die. And I love the example that Pastor Brent gives in weddings about marriage. You know, what you speak to your spouse or about your spouse, it's tearing yourself down because you guys are one. Likewise, the body of Christ is the same way, speaking poorly about another person or worse, disassociating from someone in the name of boundaries. Boundaries are important, but they shouldn't keep us from work, you know, walking together, building each other up and being about our father's business. It's to our advantage if we find a way to work it out. The actions that we take to punish another won't um, get it. We won't. The actions that we take to punish another, if we're punishing, we won't get away from not feeling the punishment because we're connected. And so there's basic needs for survival. Physiologically, we need food, water, air, sleep. So what can we do to help, you know, give those things to people we know, you know, to encourage it, I should say. And the three most important emotional needs we have is to be seen, to be known, and to belong. So what can we do to make others feel like they belong, to make others feel seen and known? It's to our advantage Um, 
so for the sake of time, I, I will end there. Um, we can grow also. Actually, before I say that, going out of our way to do these things for another is, is for our benefit and for the benefit of the other person. We need every member and every part to be healthy. We are more vibrant and we're constantly growing and we grow by receiving others into the kingdom. And Gabe will share more about what that means. Thank you, Gabe. Gabe, I know that wasn't a proper introduction, but he doesn't really need one. <laughs> All right, wasn't that great? Domali did a great job, too. You know what? It's, it's okay. Whatever. I don't know who said that, but thank you. Oh, I kind of see you. All right, so um, before I get into this, I just want to announce at 8.30, if you're a parent with a child, uh, make sure you go get your kid, because I'm going to forget. Um, so 8.30, look at your watch. So uh, basically, um, that was all good stuff. It's, it's really just a blessing to be a part of this body, to be a part of this church. Um, just... Just the topics that were just covered right now. Like, these are things that I've been part of other churches, and they don't really talk about these things, you know, um, to, to that extent. So it's just a blessing. And, and um, also, um, it was funny because me, uh, Domaly, and Favor were um, kind of spending the week last week trying to figure out, you know, what are we going to talk about? What are we kind of seeking God on, you know, what should we share. And we all kind of did our own thing. We didn't really talk about it. Last week we got together and um, we just, we, we told each other what we were going to talk about. And it was so cool to see how Holy Spirit just orchestrated the whole thing. Um, because we're going from intimacy, which uh, favorite cover, to unity and one thing that was, that's really big on my heart is sharing with others uh, the love of God or evangelism, whatever you want to call it. Um, that's always been something that I have had a heart for and something that really I've, I've had a passion for, especially lately. Um, and so I kind of wanted to talk on that just for a few uh, minutes. Um, I just feel like, um, you know, we, we have a lot here that just being at Blazing Fire is that each time we come, I just feel so blessed. I feel like we have such a treasure here when it comes to um, just the Holy Spirit and um, encountering him and all of the, you know, all the giftings that come with that. Um, and I just, you know, it's, it's really heavy, like, just, I just feel this passion that we just can't keep this in here. We can't keep that in our four walls. So all, all of this is great, you know, intimacy, we come here, we're intimate with God, um, we're unified in this body, this amazing prophetic body, you know, um, but there's people out there that, that need this, and so... 
that that is one thing that I feel is really, um, you know, I'm really passionate about this. So um, I just wanted to kind of uh, kind of go through a review, and this is something that we kind of all, you know, if you've been in church for a while, it's not something you have not heard before. But I kind of just wanted to kind of stir up the hunger, so to speak, or kind of just remind us of um, of what this means or what this should mean to us. Um, I just feel like every time we come here, God is placing treasures in each one. Um, there are things that that are being downloaded, um, that that are being downloaded to you, that that we we can't we can't keep it to ourselves. Okay, Second um, Corinthians four seven says, "But we have this treasure in jars of clay, to show that this all surpassing power is from God and not from us." And so we have this treasure, you know, we're like a jar of clay, and this is not just to keep it there. It's to show. It's to show that this all-surpassing power is not from us. It's from God. And so um, that should just be enough for us to say, you know, just being here and just being joyful and just being filled with the Holy Spirit should just be enough to us to want to go share it. How can you not share something like that? How can you not share the love of God, the love that you've received, the, the you know, how can you not want these encounters that you've had? Um, how, can, how can you not want other people to have this? Um, so th- just that, just that should be enough for us to, to go out there and, and, you know, do this. But not only that, but it's a mandate. So in Matthew 28, 19, if that wasn't enough for you, God, Jesus actually commanded us to go. So um, before he left, before he ascended, um, he said, Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey all that I have commanded you. So this is something that, that he commanded us to do. So when you actually think about that, it's, you know, you, you don't want to be religious about it, but at the same time, it is something that he wants you to do. And some people will hide behind the fact, well, you know, I don't have that calling. You know, that's, that's for those people over there that kind of, they're called to evangelism, right? But he wasn't talking to evangelists here. He was talking to his disciples. He's talking to his followers, and so that includes you and me. That includes everyone. Even, even if you don't feel like you're called to evangelism per se, you don't have that calling on your life. We all have that calling on our life. And so, um, but we're not, we're not left as orphans. We're not, on, we're not by ourselves. Um, you know, he gives us promises in Acts 1-7. It says, um, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all of Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So um, this is a promise that God has. We're not by ourselves. Um, Holy Spirit is with us, and, you know, we, we come here and experience so many things that the Holy Spirit gives. You know, he gives joy. Um, there's so many things that we experience um, there's a lot of healing in this house. I know people do, they've gone through sozos. There's a lot of healing. And, um, of course, the Holy Spirit wants you to be healed up. He wants you to experience uh, just healing from your past. 
And there's, there's been a lot of testimonies of people here who have been healed of their past and healed of addictions and healed of so many things. But the purpose of all of that is so that we can go out there. It says you will receive power when the Holy Spirit, and you will be my, when the Holy Spirit comes, and you will be my witnesses. So the whole purpose of you getting healed up, the whole purpose of you getting, uh, you know, these encounters with the Lord is so that you can be a witness, so you can go out there and tell people, hey, you know, one time, you know, I've, I was addicted to pornography. I was addicted, you know, to this and that. But God saved me. The power of the Holy Spirit has transformed me. He's changed my life. Um, so this is not, not just for you to keep to yourself. Um, and this is, a prom this is another promise I have here. Acts 2, 17 through 21, it says, In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they will prophesy. And so we definitely see just by what, what the world is going through right now. And just, just look around. God is pouring out his spirit. Um, we have seen the manifestation of, of prophecy like never before. Just look around. Just look at this congregation. Um, I have never been a part of a church that has been so prophetic. I feel like that's the main calling or the main, one of the main gifts that this church has is the prophetic because I've seen it. It's crazy here. You know, like you'll sit next to a person, they'll give you a prophetic word. They don't know who you are. Um, we'll even have visitors that show up, and it's like, they're crazy prophetic. It's like, how did you even find out we were here, you know? Um, so that's just, that's just, it's, it's evidence. We're seeing it around the world. If you've ever been, if you've ever been on a mission trip, um, you know, I got, a, I got, I've been on several mission trips, but I was able to go to Brazil just not that long ago. And um, we just saw how God is moving outside of this country. It's not just something here at Blazing Fire. You know, it's God's power is being poured out everywhere. And, um, I, you know, I, I was able to see people, his power just touching people and physically healing them. Uh, people on crutches, leaving their crutches on, you know, on the side and just running around the room. Uh, blind eyes opening and just really seeing the power of God uh, just in an amazing way. So we know that we're living in these days. Um, we're living in that time right now. Um, despite what you hear in the news, despite what you, so much negativity um, that bogs us down, um, just, you know, just get on your, your, whatever you're on, Facebook, Instagram, whatever that is that you get on you'll see so many negative things going on in the world. And you can say, you can think to yourself, well, how, how, how is God's spirit being poured out on all flesh? I don't see it. You know, I don't, I'm not seeing that as a reality. But we believe it because the word of God says it. It says, it says in the last days, I will pour out my spirit. So that should be enough for us to know that it's working. God, God is winning. God is, um, like Pastor Brenner is always saying, um, you know, God is, God is winning. Light is winning. We just, 
you know, society wants to bog us down and say, you're, you're not winning. Um, let's see. I don't want to get ahead of myself here. So all of this is probably not new to you. We've heard this. Um, you know, this is, we've heard this. So one of my struggles was I wanted to get to the practical part of this because for me, this is a struggle. Like, um, when you're going through your daily life, what does this look like? Because we know we should be, we should be sharing, we should be, uh, you know, witnessing. Um, we know that, you know, he's healed us up, he's given us the comforter, you know, he comforts us so that we can comfort others. And so, how do we do that? You know, I work in a, you know, I'm, I'm done with college now, I'm working at a, uh, in a corporate setting, I work for Safeway Corporate, and so sometimes it's hard for me to see this in practice. Like, how do I, how do I uh, share with others when I'm busy at a cubicle, you know, handling claims? And, you know, obviously I, I, can, I can do the best I can with my job and kind of just uh, let my job, you know, my work be my witness and just be like, you know, how did, how did you do all this work? Or, you know, how are you so kind to, to people? Um, but how, how does this look? Like when I'm at my job, what, what do I do? How do, how do I have opportunities? It's kind of hard to find opportunities to, to share. And so sometimes I feel, I felt like, you know, um, I kind of feel tied up. Like, like I can't move, like I can't talk. Um, I don't know if you guys have ever felt that way. Like, um, you just, you're so bogged down with your own life sometimes, and you're so focused on yourself. And we have this society around us that is just so negative all the time. E even Christians, you know, they go back and forth. You know, who did you vote for? I voted for Trump. I voted for Hillary, I, whatever, you know. And so it's just all this negativity. Um, how do we pierce through that and share the love of God? And so there's so many ways, right? But when I was asking the Lord this, um, he just showed me, you know, just, just ask me to, to show, just ask me to put people in your path um, that are hungry. And so it's not a matter of just agreeing with God only, but also asking God for opportunities um, to partner with him. And when you start asking God for opportunities, they will show up. Um, Colossians 4, 5 through 6 and, and here Paul is writing to the church, and he's in prison right here. And so sometimes we can be in a prison. We can feel like we're in a prison. Um, we're tied up. The enemy has us tied up. He's, he has our mouth shut. He doesn't want you to talk. He doesn't want you to share. You have this, you're this jar, 
and you're holding all this in. You've been to Blazing Fire on Saturday, and you're at work on Monday, and you're holding it all in. There's people around you that need the Lord, but you're in a prison. He says, devote yourselves to prayer. Be watchful and thank you and, and thankful. Be watchful and thankful. And pray for us too that God may open a door for our message. So this is him in prison. He's, he's not worried about his prison. He's not worried about the surroundings. He's worried about the message. He said, pray that God may open a door for our message. Don't, don't pray for God to take you out of the prison. Pray for, for God to open a door for the message so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains. Pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should. Be wise in the way, and this is him talking to the church. So he's, he's there in prison, right? But he's giving, he's giving advice to other Christians who are not in prison. And he says, be wise in the way you act toward outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer to everyone. So that's the answer right there, right? Ask for those, ask for those, um, those opportunities. Just devote yourself to prayer and be watchful and thankful. So there might have been, there might have been times where he didn't see the answer to his prayer, he was being watchful, but he didn't see the answer, but he was thankful. So just, just being thankful and being wise in the way we act, um, making the most of every opportunity. Conversations full of grace, seasoned with salt. So what does that mean? So basically what that means is everything you see on the news, do the opposite of that, right? You have... You have all this negativity, you know, you have Christians, you know, arguing with other Christians about whatnot. And that goes back to unity, right? Um, part, of, part of the unity thing is just being kind, just being full of grace. Um, so, yeah, in our nation right now, we're seeing a lot of talk, right? We're seeing a lot of talk on the media. We're seeing a lot of people, even Christians, not demonstrating grace uh, to one another. Um, so what the world needs to see right now, what, what the people that don't know God need to see right now are Christians whose conversations are wise and full of grace. And so the unity thing, once again, right, Despite the fact that I disagree with you on something that's not even that important when we think about it, um, that, needs, that, needs, that needs to go away, basically. We need to have a spirit of grace and be wise in the way we treat people. When the world sees that, it says, the, the Word of God says that too, you know, when the world sees the love for one another, then they will know who God is. So we need to start that here. And that's part of the unity thing, you know? Um, so God is going to answer our request. And I just want to give a few examples uh, from my job because um, I've seen it happen 
Um, so th this happened at my work one time, and, and this was after a season where I was asking God to give me opportunities at work because I was feeling that way. I was feeling kind of tied up, kind of like this is, I mean, I love my job and everything, but this isn't really what I'm made for. This is part of what I'm made for, but I need to be sharing God. And so I was asking the Lord, just, to show, just give me an opportunity with somebody. And I had this coworker. This was maybe like about, hmm, I don't know, maybe like a year ago. Um, we had this coworker, and I'm not going to say her name, but she, uh, she went on a leave of absence just randomly. From one day to the next, she was gone. Um, and people were like, Where, where'd she go, you know? We don't know. She, she took a leave, and she's gone. Um, turns out she was gone for about maybe like six to eight months. I don't remember. And nobody knew what happened to her. Nobody knew, you know, what, what's going on with her. And so um, she comes back after the eight months and just resumes her job. And she looks different all of a sudden. You know, she had gained some weight. She looked uh, just really different. And so people are like, hey, you know, how do you, you look really good. You know, welcome back or whatever. And so I thought nothing of it. I said maybe she was sick. You know, she didn't want to talk about it. Um, and so... Uh, we were taking a break one time, took a coffee break, and we walked across the street. I work, I work by Stone Ridge Mall, and uh, right across the street. So there's a Starbucks in the, in the um, Stone Ridge Mall. And so we're go, we walked over there. She, she came up to me, and she's like, hey, do you want to go get a coffee? You know, just take a break for a while. And I said, sure. So we're walking over there. We're just, we're just talking. And on our way back, she just, she just, all of a sudden, she just opens up to me, and she, uh, she just starts telling me, and it's kind of funny because I was not expecting it at all. I thought we were just getting, gonna go get coffee. Um, she starts telling me all about, you know, I, I really have been holding this in, but I really wanted to tell someone the real reason why I was gone for eight months. And I feel like you're a safe person to share this with. And I was like, sure, go ahead. You know, why were you gone? And she says, well, I was actually during, you know, the first year of me working here, I was battling a drug addiction. And I, um, it was really bad. Um, and I sought help. I went to go to a rehab center, and I've been in rehab for the past whatever months it was. And so part of the program she was in, she was part of a program. It's not a Christian program. But they go through steps, right? So um, I think step number two is like find a, find a belief or find, find, a, find your version of God um, because this is the, the steps to recovery. And so they've proven, they've actually proven that a belief in a higher power helps people break drug addictions and stuff like that. So she says, I know, I felt like I needed to talk to you and ask you, what do you believe about God? And so like, I'm just like standing there like, like, okay, God. Like, <laughs> and like, I, I straight up said, I'm like, you're, you're asking the right person. She said, I know. And so, <laughs> and so I just started sharing with her about Jesus. And um, I just started telling her, you know, um, just telling her what, what God has done in my life and um, kind of explaining the whole, because she, she grew up Catholic, so she knew 
about the crucifixion, and she knew she knew bits and pieces about you know what Jesus did, but she didn't really understand why he did it. And so we're walking our, our way back to work, and I said, you know, we're gonna need more time for this. I you know I can't really explain all of this right now. Um, she's like, yeah, 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 we can do we can do lunch later or whatever under a different day. And so you know things days went on. You know we didn't really talk about it anymore. And so I, I just kind of uh, took my time with it. I didn't want to be pushy. You know, I didn't want to just, like, push what I was going to tell her. Um, but we did. We ended up going uh, to lunch one day. And I was able to explain the whole, you know, the reason why Jesus came, all, all that whole thing. And, and she actually understood it. And she, um, she kind of understood this, what, what it really meant. And I, I kind of appreciated it because she... She was very open, and she, she understood that it's not a religion. She understood it was a relationship. And so, you know, I said, you know, when you get into this relationship, it doesn't mean everything is going to go away. You're not just going to, it's not just going to solve everything. But you're going to have a God who is going to be a good dad to you. He's going to heal you up. He's going he's gonna to come in, and he's just going to change you. It's, you're going to feel it. And so... Um, she she was so she was interested but she was still a little scared you know so i didn't push it but i said can i pray for you and she totally we were in the middle of our cafe at work and so i got all these you know people from safeway corporate all around me um you know all around sitting at the different tables and but nobody really seemed to notice so i just laid my hands on her right there just you know grabbed her arm and i just started praying and just asking Holy Spirit to come and reveal himself to her. And she actually said she started feeling, like, she literally started feeling the Holy Spirit on her body. She didn't know what it was, but she said, she said, um, she was just like, I, I felt something. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> like, like, that's God. He's, he's trying to reveal himself to you. And I said, just go home. You know, like, if you don't want to pray the prayer right now, just go home and, and just pray to him just like we just did. You know, ask him to come in. Ask him to, to show you who he is. And just, just you know, she, she, you know, tears coming out. And so um, she didn't really accept God or Christ there. But she did have an experience. And I, I, I feel like that's just the seed that was planted right there. And so, you know, I give thanks to God for that. And, and that's just, you know, the things that could happen. And I've had so many other experiences uh, at work where God will highlight a person and, and I'll just kind of, you know, ask them a question or something and kind of get a conversation started. So, but it's just being aware. It's just being, um, you know, when you start asking God for it, it's going to happen. It's really going to happen because God wants people to be saved. He really does. He wants people to know who he is. He wants people to know his love and all of the things that we've talked about today, you know. Uh, he wants what's in here, the love that we experience in here. He wants that out there. And, and so I really felt when I was praying, you know, what, what to bring, I really felt that strongly for, for this church and for, for our church. And I believe that's where we're headed too, is that it's time to take what we have, this little blazing fire we have here, that blazing fire needs to blaze out there. Yeah. And so, 
And the other thing is, I wanted to add, is, you know, we need, a, we need to get over ourselves about the whole um, being ashamed of it, kind of, or not wanting to speak up. Um, because people are going to think we're weird, or people are going to think we're crazy, or um, you just look weird, you know. What did that look like? I was in the middle of a corporate setting, laying hands on somebody, praying for her in the middle of, you know, what if my boss came by, he was having lunch, and he's like, what are you doing? You know, like, you risk, you risk something there when you step out. And so there's going to be risk involved in this. So don't fool yourself. People might think you're strange. People might think you're crazy. Um, but we need to remind ourselves that we're not being persecuted, okay? We're not facing the persecution that uh, people in the Bible experience. We are so blessed to be in this country where we can express ourselves and we can uh, share freely, which is a privilege that so many other places don't have that. And so we need to kind of wake up and, and be like, okay, this is an opportunity that we have in this nation while we still have it, right? Um, in 1 Peter 4, 12 through 16, um, Peter's talking to followers of Christ throughout different regions. And he's telling them, because they're suffering uh, you know, persecution, he says, Dear friends, do not be surprised at the painful trial you are suffering, as though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice that you participate in the sufferings of Christ, so that you may be overjoyed when his glory is revealed. If you are insulted because of the name of Christ, you are blessed. For the spirit of glory and of God rests on you. If you suffer, it should not be as a murderer or a thief or any other kind of criminal or even as a meddler. However, if you suffer as a Christian, do not be ashamed, but praise God that you bear that name. And so this is, this is, this is a man who, who's really in danger of losing his life, right? I don't think any of us have had that level of persecution when we're gonna lose our life for sharing or for, for loving on someone or for uh, just sharing who God is with them. We don't, we don't experience that. And so the worst thing that could happen is someone thinks you're crazy, right? Crazy Pentecostal, crazy uh, Christian, crazy whatever. Um, but it says, if you suffer as a Christian, don't be ashamed. And it says also, don't, don't think something strange is happening to you. We should expect that. We should expect that that's going to happen. Because if they do that to Jesus, what, what other thing could we expect? He doesn't want us to suffer. I'm not saying that, and I'm not speaking that over anyone. But it's just reality. That's, that's what happens. And so... Um, I kind of wanted to ask everyone to stand, and I'm just going to pray. Um, if, if you have kind of lost that, um, if you've kind of lost that passion for this, what I'm talking about, 
I, I felt like people here, there were some people here who have kind of lost that passion and lost that, um, that desire to even share. We've kind of dulled out or we feel dull or we feel tied up. So I just want to break that off of you right now. So whoever, in Jesus' name, I just break off anyone who feels tied up, anyone who feels uh, like they can't speak, wherever their, their realm of influence, if at their job or if they're at school or whatever it is that they do, God, I just, I just ask that you would take off the chains, that you would take off the, the tape over their mouth right now. In Jesus' name, that you would allow them to speak those that do have a passion, those that do want to share, those that do want to, uh, to, wit- to be a witness for you, God, that you would open their mouth, God, that you would allow them to speak, that they wouldn't be ashamed, Father. And I ask, God, for, for anyone here who just... Uh, with all the other topics we covered, if there's anyone here that just needs to be united with someone else, if there's some kind of uh, argument that's happened or anything like that, God, I just ask that you just give a grace to, um, to forgive and to receive from you that unity of the body that you want us to have, God. And, and anyone who's being called, I, we're all being called to intimacy with you. So, God, I just ask for a greater intimacy uh, with you that everything that's been spoken tonight um, would just go deep in our hearts, in our spirits, that you would seal it on our hearts, Holy Spirit. Every single word, every everything that's been spoken tonight, that it wouldn't go in one ear and out the other, but that it would go deep. And that's what we pray in Jesus' name. And um, Domaly's going to come up and do a song. So thanks, guys.